good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Welcome to our, well, this is our sixth week of our Faith in Action series. And it's based upon the text from Don Miguel Ruiz, The Voice of Knowledge. And this week we're looking at chapters 9 and 10 that are entitled Transforming the Storyteller and Writing Our Story with Love. And this week, the topic is the dream of the second attention. It reminded me of a story of a couple that, I guess, had set a, a date or time to go for a walk, a stroll together. And it came to that time for them to, to do so. And it just so happened that for the first time in a long time, it was raining that day. And one of the partners said, you know, it's raining outside. And the other partner went back and got their goggles and umbrella, galoshes, raincoat, and ready to go for the walk. They walked back up front, and the person looked at them and said, I thought I said it's raining outside. Because that person's perspective was that it was raining outside, therefore the walk is off for today. So, of course, they had both made up their own story about something that was neutral, that it was raining outside. One meant, interpreted to me that, well, it's time to go to rain gear, go ahead for the walk. The other saying, well, it's not time to go for the walk, no walk today. And so that led to a conflict between the two. One individual saying, you're not following through your agreements. The other saying, man, you're risking our lives by going out in the rain today. Led to this great misunderstanding and general upset based upon having different assumptions. Don Miguel writes that humans create so many problems because we make assumptions, stories. And of course, we believe they're true. And people believe not only they're true, but they're right. And nearly all of our conflicts, he says, are based upon this belief. Well, there's a statement, <clears throat> men in the course of miracles. <sighs> Let me get that out of my throat. And they ask this question, would you rather be happy or be right? And most people say, I want to be right and happy. After all, I'm always right anyway. <clears throat> I'm just trying to bring the happy part to it. And in this particular case, the couple, you know, they both knew that they were right. But in that particular moment, neither of them were happy. 
because they were attached to their story. They were attached to their interpretation. And Don Miguel asked this question about us. Are we happy with our story? And he goes on to say that if not, we can change our story. You know, I would just say as an aside, as a matter of fact, usually our assessment of a story that we have of an event or a situation is usually not accurate anyway. You know, we're seeing it through our own interpretation. So the story that's making us unhappy, we might want to change and we can change the story. You know, in Don Miguel's tradition of the Toltecs, he calls this the master of transformation. You know, of course, a miracle says it's a miracle because a miracle is nothing more than a change in perspective. In other words, changing the story on how we see a particular situation. I think all of our stories, even the ones that we think are in our past that happened a long time ago, they're affecting us in the present moment. In fact, I would go on to say that a story really is never in the past. It's in the here and the now. I was sharing earlier that I was thinking about this, and sometimes thinking is not a good thing for me to do, but I, I took a risk. <laughs> and I did it anyway. And I had a revelation. And that revelation is that our past story of an event that determines our current experience is the past story of our event that determines our experience. And the thought about the past story is what is real, the thought. In other words, a story really can't be in the past. If we have a story and, and, we, and it's moving through our mind, if we are constantly having those kinds of stories, it's the story that's happening right now. And that story right now is affecting our body temple, our mental body, our emotional body. Right now we're releasing peptides and endorphins and all that stuff. So right now, we're either youthing or aging, depending upon the story that is passing through our awareness. Depending on what's, where our attention is right now. So it's not the past that is doing this to us. It is the present story about the past that's affecting our life. But here's the deal. We can change the story. And when we do, our life and our life experience begin to change immediately. There was a young man who realized he had been carrying a lack of self-esteem in his life. At least that was his story he was telling himself. Because he saw that he was constantly saying things to himself about how bad his childhood was and how in his past he saw that had people had picked on him and talked about how he was so tall and he had big ears. His father was always teasing him about him and, and telling him about how weird he was. And so he was always saying about how terrible his childhood was. But then he began to learn the power of words and he decided to write down affirmations. And one of the affirmations that he wrote down is, I have always had a happy childhood. And he put this affirmation on his refrigerator door. He put it on the mirror into his bathroom. He put it on the dashboard on his car. So he would constantly see the story everywhere that he went. And he reminded himself, I always had a happy childhood. That was his new story. And then he began to have memories of the wonderful things that had taken place in his life. 
He began to remember the wonderful things that happened during his childhood that he had forgotten about because he always remembered suddenly how his grandmother would just loved him and would make his favorite pie for him on his way home. And I think it was apple. I'm pretty sure it was. But he began to remember, the, you know, a best friend that he had that was with him his entire life and be with him through thick and thin, no matter what he was going through. He began to remember the things he had blocked out because he always was telling a story that looked through a glass darkly that my childhood was terrible. But as he took on a new story, those memories began to fade. Those memories began to make it so that he shed those old clothes, the old wineskin of lack of self-esteem and nobody loves me consciousness. And his back began to straighten up. And he began to see a possible future for himself. And that future was full of love, was full of joy and spiritual self-esteem simply because he changed his story. His new story that was for him and it was no longer against him. This is what Don Miguel Ruiz calls being impeccable with your word. It's the first of the four agreements, which reminds us that this is the key tool, he says, that helps us unlearn the falsehoods, the lies, the mistruth about ourselves when we change our story. In this case, the young man had redirected his focus of his story. And he put into practice the dream of second attention. The dream of second attention in which we bring our attention in alignment of the truth of who and what we truly are. We're expressions of the divine. And by adopting a new story, we can unlearn the stories that do not serve us. We can begin to pivot toward a new direction in our life. One of the greatest gifts that we can give ourselves and to give even another person is to be open to rethinking and unlearning what we first believed and realize now that may it may not be true this is what it means to repent it simply means to rethink that's the dream of second attention it's a certain certain mental flexibility it is the key to our progress it's the key to our transformation it's the key to writing a new story for ourselves so this week, Don Miguel notes in the 10th chapter that the best and maybe the only way to write your story is with love. You know, Anne said and sang through the eyes of love, and so we want to see our stories through the eyes of love. Now, love is sometimes difficult to rather define because, you know, in the English word, it's probably only a few definitions. But in some languages, there's multiple levels of definitions. But one of them, from a spiritual perspective, love is that pure essence of God, the force that binds the whole human family together. You know, I mentioned last week that I think one great definition is when we support our own or another spiritual growth. I mean, nothing can be better than really becoming the best that we can become spiritually. But for us to that to happen, we have to start loving ourselves. Sometimes we're our own worst critics. And when that becomes our story, you know, we say things, oh, I'm a horrible person. Or, oh, I'm stupid. I remember speaking for myself when I, you know, look at myself. I, I, how did I do that? 
And then sometimes we go on to the opposite end of the spectrum and tell ourselves we need to be perfect. We try to be perfect, perfectionistics. I don't know if that is a word. It is now. And I said it. You know, we try to hold ourselves to a standard that we never can humanly meet. And then that leads to, to feelings of self-loathing. Oh, what's wrong with me? I didn't do it right. Now, we may be salivating at the thought of becoming a better version of ourselves, but we don't stop long enough to appreciate and to celebrate the truth of who we are right now and are always that way, offsprings of love itself. So oftentimes we will tell stories that downgrade ourselves, thinking we're not good enough. That seems to be a common thread through many people. I'm not good enough. No matter, I've seen people who are super achievers, and they say, you know, I just feel that something's lacking in my life. But we must remember to practice self-compassion, self-acceptance, and treat ourselves as worthy because we were born worthy. It is inherently who we are. Because God, the universe, the force did not make junk. God did not make any mistakes. There's no spare parts in the universe at all. Nothing was created accidentally. And who we are and what we are is the absolute best that this presence, this power has to offer as far as you and I are concerned. So we must begin to take the time to treat ourselves well. And I'm talking about being egoistic about it, egotistic about it, but taking compassionate hands, compassionate spiritual hands, and, and to take time with ourselves. Begin to talk to ourselves nicely, encourage ourselves, love ourselves. You know, sometimes when we have funds, you know, pay for ourselves, pay ourselves first. You know, we have to pay the bills, but then, you know, take care of ourselves. You know, as they say, when you're on a plane, you know, if something happens, tip the mask on you first. Take care of yourself. You know, one of the things I like to do lately sometimes just to go into a bath and get some lavender stuff and put it in there. Just be in there for an hour or so and just be. You know, if the phone rings, I ain't answering. We make a regular appointment with the presence, a regular appointment with God, just us and the presence. You know, to deepen that practice of self-love is we have to examine and see what is it that we allow to remain in our minds, in our awareness. Is it beauty or is it the ugliness of the day? At the end of the day, how does our memory serve us? Do we remember the things that just went wrong? A lot of people just remember what went wrong today. Remember the negative things that people have said about us or we thought they said about us. We don't know if they did, but we heard they said it about us. The things that we thought were not quite right with other people, and that becomes part of our mind. Or do we allow our consciousness, that is where we live, we always live in our own consciousness, to be filled with beauty. I think as we develop a strategy to allow beauty to remain in our minds, beauty rushes to us. That's because that's what we're interested in. That's where our attention is. You know, basic spirituality, basic metaphysics says whatever we are truly interested in, I mean really interested in, is the only thing that we experience. And that's what we take with us. The master teacher, Jesus Christ, said it this way, lay up treasures in heaven where dust and moth do not corrupt. 
He was talking about using this memory. He was talking about using our mind, using our way of being to hold, not to hold fast to the negative or the discontent, but to use this place where we live to be a repository of beauty, of love. We can do this. And I think one of the ways we can augment this practice is to expect and prepare for good in our life. I always say we don't get what we pray for. We don't necessarily get what we want. We get what we expect. We get what we prepare for. You know, a lot of folks are preparing for a broken heart. Some people are preparing for loss. Some people are preparing for lack and limitation. Some people say, what is going to happen wrong next? You know, the next shoe is going to drop. That's what I'm preparing for. They're saying, you know, things are going so well right now. I know something negative is right around the corner. But we cannot say we want the best that God has to offer while at the same time expecting and preparing for the worst. Those are two different energies. So it all begins by loving ourselves. And then a strange thing happens. We begin to love others at a higher level than we are. Every now and then, you know, I think to hone this self-love, we want to take out a piece of paper and write down, I believe in God, which God is love itself, and then allow for our minds to write why. Without thinking, just let our hearts speak. I believe in God. I believe in this love. I've seen a sunset. I've seen the breath going in and out of my body. My heart is beating. I've seen a miracle today. I've seen someone healed. I've seen a sad heart that's been mended. And we begin to retain beauty in our lives and live at that higher level. And then this becomes the foundation for all of our stories. Because we begin to write down, I believe in God. I believe in the all good. I believe in peace. We say why and we develop an inner subjective way of being in which our entire life will begin to revolve around that way of thinking. And like I say, we'll begin to emit a fragrance, a fragrance of God, a fragrance and a vibration and energy of this presence. We will emit an atmosphere of this presence that is always loving and supporting us, and we'll do it without thinking. And when we do that, then all our stories will reflect that. Because our story will be, I believe, in the one power. I believe in this one power that is always good. I believe in the one presence I believe in the one, the one, the one, this one love, and I allow my thoughts and my words and my actions to simply revolve around that story. And then our life begins to change, begins to transform. I believe this rule of self-love will allow us to be so radiant with the spirit of the living God that when individuals see you and me or anyone when we're really in that revelry, we'll see the sunset in their eyes. We'll see the sunset in our eyes. And we'll be in a place in which people want to know, where are we being fed? And you'll say, go down to Spiritual Life Center. Because <laughs> we'll no longer have stories that define us by our circumstances, by our history, and all of the false notions and interpretations of life. No, we'll go for the dream of second intention or attention and start having God stories. And when you and I speak, we will tell stories about the wonderful things that have happened in our life experience, even if they appear not to be at the moment. Because the undertone and the overtone and the consciousness bespeaks of the presence of God. It bespeaks of the goodness that is always there. 
Yes, we're reminded that on the human level, on a three-dimensional level, we have stories that say we live in challenging times and we do have challenging circumstances. You know, if we check the headlines in the, on the Internet, and I don't advise anyone to do that unless they fully pray it up. <laughs> we realize there are things going on on the planet. Oh, yeah, the environment is calling for our attention. There's heightened polarization and division politically and culturally. And when we look upon the world from a linear point of view, we might say, oh, my God, this is impossible. There is no solution for this. There's no way we can solve this. The world in which we're living with all the crises that seem to be going on, it looks impossible. I'm just going to go to bed, pull the covers over my head and bury it there and stay in the house and not participate because this stuff is impossible. Well, that's simply a story. And we can rewrite that story. We can rewrite a story that says, yes, with God, with the force, all things are possible. Because this presence only knows the divine and perfect spiritual solutions. And with enough love, with enough vibration of that love, we can stand and see the world that we want to create or co-create amongst ourselves. It's a story that's not against us or against anyone. It's a story in which we stand in alignment with the avatar of the ages, the individuals who were bold enough, crazy enough to say what is possible. You know, there's a woman I read about named Shara Lubeck, who was the creator of the Focalori movement. The Focalori movement is part of the Catholic tradition. And she discovered during, I think, World War II, that the only lasting thing is love. And she started a whole new movement of the Catholic Church that was an extension of her love of God, her love of her beloved Jesus. And she said, when we seek to love at that level, yes, we have to have a little boldness. We have to have maybe have a little craziness. We have to have a little zaniness, a lot of commitment in order to do that, but we can. Why? Because we're on an adventure of truth here, an adventure of love here, an adventure of, of peace here. And they, there are some things that we need to transform in our individual lives and on the planet. Yes, there are some things we need to be modified, requalified. Absolutely. We don't deny any of that. We acknowledge the facts, but we look for the truth behind that. So our story is now absolutely we're convinced that with this presence, all things are possible. Yet we add one word to that. We say, with God awareness, with God awareness, with God consciousness, all things are possible. With that awareness, all things become available to us. And we're holding fast to that awareness. That is where God is and that is where we are. We know that this presence is never just going to come. It's not going to come now. It is now. It is here. All things are possible. That's the story. That's being impeccable with our word because it's a story that's always supporting us, uplifting us, transforming us to higher levels and is never, ever against us. So we tell God's stories until they are so indelibly imprinted on our minds and hearts that the fragrance of God simply washes all over us. That's the dream of the second attention. And what a great dream that is. That's the story that we tell. Peace and blessings to you.
We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Oh